Fish B on the bass, the Aaron Rodgers haircut of podcast bass players. I'm not sure if that's a compliment or a uh, a neg. <laughs> they, uh, if you're peacocking, I think that's what they say, like you, you hit them with the neg. Uh, but it's a fun thing to say. Fishby's frowning. Oh, oh well. He, the, the Aaron Rodgers haircut of podcast uh, bass players. He's the best in the biz. There's no doubt about that. I've heard other podcast bass players, and frankly, friends, they simply can't compete. Speaking of friends, thank you for telling yours about the show. I sincerely appreciate that. I begin this week in a, a total state of moral and philosophical tumult. I'm not sure if this is one of those personal universe paradigm shifting. I don't know what to think about anything in this particular moment. I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm completely lost. I'm falling down a cliff. I'm hitting my head at every dilemma and not quite sure what to do. We're the only podcast with traffic. We're the only podcast with Fish B and the only one with, uh, with traffic, too. Just to emphasize how fucking seriously we take fucking everything here at I Only Have, however many minutes we have, I believe is in the title of the show. But as I just try to, like, you know, I'm always asking myself, where is reality and how close am I to it at, at any given time? Which, which slightly drives you mad but is also good for a human because it makes you constantly question your own biases. But let me make sure if I've got this straight. The day before the queen dies, which is a very big news story. It's like, you know, it's big. Uh, The day before the queen dies is the day that I see the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile. Like, are those two things connected? Like, what does the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile... When I'm playing catch with a, you know, with a wall, um, and I see the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile go under a train trunnel, which I believe from uh, my youth is called a trestle, but I, but I see like uh, the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile, the day before the queen dies, go under this big train trestle, and uh, not one joke about my best friend Death Metal Pat's dick. I, I didn't make one joke, not one Death Metal Pat dick joke, despite the fact that Oscar Mayer Wienermobile goes under a fucking train trestle. And there, and there, as usual, was my best friend Death Metal Pat's dick uh, left unfettered. <laughs> I've, I've, I've clearly, either me or the universe has a... Ha- has lost its scruples. Where do we go from here, amigos? I'm, uh, I'm not quite sure. And then, and another miracle, and, and I don't, I'm not even sure right now uh, where this ranks against the miracle of the uh, Wienermobile. Uh, my alma mater, Washington State University, who's not very good at winning football games. It's, it's, it's just not really their thing. Go to a ranked University of Wisconsin, and they fucking win 17 to 14. I know there's other football games, and football is really important. Uh, none more important than, uh, than that. Grandpa Joe Biden, he had, uh, he had a big announcement today. He either, he either announced uh, a cancer moonshot or moonshot cancer. 
I don't remember, but it's one of those. I'm pretty sure it's cancer moonshot, but moonshot cancer, um, we're going to need a vaccine for that. I believe this was his first big, like, you know, like nationally televised, at least on CNN and MSNBC, uh, remarks since he gave his soul of the nation speech, which, which the rock star lighting still throws me off. It appeared that, that, that Jill was just Dr. Jill, first lady Jill, uh, was just walking him on stage. And then, and then he was going to approach the microphone, uh, uh, with those lights and the night and the Marines and just go, ladies and gentlemen. Bruce Dickinson. But of course, that isn't what he did. He gave a very divisive speech that I'm already on the record as not liking. We've, we've been through that. You, you think of it what you will. Everybody knows by now that, uh, that I am not in charge of you, and this is not a show of persuasion. But one of the random elements, and it just kind of came out of nowhere, and I hadn't heard Grandpa Joe say it before, when he was just rattle a tat tat and shit he was going to do, he's like, we're going to cure cancer as we know it, which I didn't know was on the menu. And when, <laughs> when you make a grand statement and then, and then follow it by, as we know it, that is, a, uh, that is a linguistic addendum that renders whatever you said before it completely moot. He's ending cancer as we know it. We're, we're changing the way you eat chicken as you know it. But today he had his cancer moonshot or moonshot cancer. Ending cancer as we know it, and he, he explained uh, uh, what that meant. He was at the JFK Library in Boston. He was brought on by Caroline. Um, he announced uh, this, this moonshot, whatever it is, is cutting cancer death rates by 50% over the next 25 years. Well, holy hot damn. Who, who's not in favor of that? Like, there is no team cancer. Like, you're good, right? Like, he's going to cut the cancer death rate by 50% over the next 25 years. He says researchers say it's completely doable. And I'm like, you know what? what? I'm not good with numbers, but, but I bet a fairly simple Google search could provide even more clarity on what Grandpa Joe is talking about here. Um, basically, since the year 2014, uh, the United States has been cutting can the cancer death rate at a rate of about 2% a year. And then, again, not very good at math, so after hours and hours and hours of, of long division, multiplication, uh, multiple variables, I'm confident, uh, there is a Pythagorean algorithm, I'm, I think, or something like that. Um, I, I, I got why researchers say it's completely doable to cut the cancer death rate by 50% over the next 25 years, because if we just continue at the rate we've been for the last eight years, 2%, and multiply that by 25, that number is 50%. So, so yeah, that is, uh, that's completely doable. If you're, uh, if you're curious, and Obviously, what helps that a lot too is is less and less people are smoking cigarettes and uh, and cigarettes. I don't know for sure. I'm not a scientist. I'm, I'm no Fauci. I don't know. Um, someone told me once that cigarettes were bad for you. But I've I've heard that about lots of things. So you know, don't don't take it from this former smoker. 
but the raw numbers uh, uh, cancer in America today. Uh, currently, uh, the federal budget, and there's a ton of private money, obviously. Like, how many different cancer charities are there? Like, probably more cancer charities than every other type of charity combined. Uh, but just from the U.S. government, they spend right now, this is pre-moonshot, uh, $6.9 billion a year on cancer research. And I think we would, at least most of us would agree that's money well spent. Um, there's $1.9 million new diagnoses per year, $1.9 million new cases of cancer a year. And there are 602,000 deaths per year. But obviously, people battle cancer for years and years and years. Sometimes. But, all right. Moonshot away. I still think, and this won't be the last, like, like announcement of, like, a thing. There's going to be a lot of announcements of a lot of things. Uh, each will keep getting, like, more and more historically important and relevant. Because no one can say this yet, but I'm still optimistic because it's the only fucking thing that makes sense is the day after the midterms, Grandpa Joe announced that he's resigning, and when they swear in the new Congress, President Kamala Harris in January. I don't know how you feel about that. I'm not trying to tell you how I feel about that. It makes so much sense. But is Biden a good enough politician to realize that? Does he have, uh, you know, you have to have a lot of hubris, you know. You got to have some cojones or whatever just to, just, just to be a politician and, and actually look yourself in the mirror and go, you know what job I should have? I'm, I don't know about the other ones, but I know for sure I should be president of the United States of America. So, so that's the type of person that, that occupies that job. Um, just the self-awareness to go, I should, you know, I should, I should. That's, that's what's best for the country. That's what's best for my legacy. I'll, I'll be, you know, revered by historians for 117 years at least. Pardon, pardon Hunter on the way out. Family first. One last thing, a little, a little disturbing news before we part ways for the day. And I don't think this is good news. I think this is disturbing news. And every time I see the commercial as I watch football, like a big boy, uh, I, I, I just get concerned. And, and I know a lot of you do, too. Because all you can eat boneless wings are back at Applebee's. And as a former fried chicken commissioner and as a lifelong lover of the pollo, we all know that... Um, there's no fucking such thing as a goddamn boneless wing. If there were boneless wings, it just, it just, it just anatomically and biologically and evolutionary, there is no fucking such concept unless you were to grow it in, in a lamp out of like cat urine. Like, it, like it, it doesn't, that's a thing that doesn't exist is a boneless wing. Like everyone knows that we agree upon that. It's, it's hard on the Applebee servers and the chilies. Like, like, they know, they get it. People take their fucking chicken seriously. Um, the disturbing part to me, like, I've gotten over that part and just accepted that that, 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 is, that, that is the way it is. Boneless wings. But are, 
our just ease as a society to just completely, completely change the meaning of words and, and completely change the meaning of terms. You know, it's, it's, it's not a boneless wing, but apparently boneless wing uh, rings the cash register more than mini tender. Who the, who the fuck in their right mind would want a mini tender when that's what it is? And it's actually a boneless wing. And if I could bring that back to politics, um, President Trump and uh, his folks, uh, what, is, what is the movement? Uh, uh, what is the agenda? What are so many politicians running on uh, this midterm cycle? The America first agenda. America first. An agenda spearheaded by a guy in Donald J. Trump, who, like what they've done with the boneless wing, he's never put anything before him. And I'm assuming there's no, there's no dick jokes here. He's never put anything before himself in the history of his life. Not one time has he had the opportunity to do anything that didn't benefit, that he didn't come out first. America first. America first. The dude that cares nothing other than I ah, politics and boneless wings and Applebee's. Where do we go from here? Apparently, it's uh, it's twelve ninety nine for all you can eat. Those prices are going up. Weren't they eleven ninety nine last year? I mean, Arby's has the meats. Two for six is two for seven. I can't keep up. Thank you again for, uh, for hanging out. Basically, the deal is here, you know, friends telling friends. Solid on you for that. Every Monday through Thursday, never miss. I think it says in the podcast bio uh, that, that if I have to, I will, I will do a show from, from an airport bathroom on Christmas. And that's an understatement. You know, I, if I was with, uh, and I wouldn't have been, but if I was with the Queen of England in the final moments, I would have to say, Queen, you'll have to excuse me for a moment. I've got, uh, I've got something more important to do. Anyway, uh, back at it. Uh, manana, me love you lots. Say adios, Fishby. <laughs>